Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the OBR Newswire, presented by the Blue Wire presenting sponsor, betonline.ag, with their welcome bonus offer by using the promo code BLUEWIRE. Take advantage, folks, of the opportunities in the sporting world to get back into gambling, whether it's UFC, NASCAR, among other options, including soccer, baseball's right around the corner, the same with the NBA. Make sure you go to betonline.ag, get that welcome bonus, and get yourself prepared for betting season that is finally back in full swing. Again, that's betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. So this today is going to be a quick hitter on uh, the Browns' current situation at safety and whether they should be interested in Jamal Adams from the Jets, who is um, you know, currently made it known that he is he is hoping to be out of New York due to an unwillingness to talk about his contract, which has him paid in the lower third uh, on his rookie deal of safeties in the league. And he is probably, uh, I think he has a good argument for being the best safety in the NFL. So he is a little bit upset about that, obviously. And just yesterday on social media was wishing teammates from the Jets goodbye, saying that he was going to miss playing with Marcus May the most, and it's pretty clear that he has intentions of being out of New York in some form or fashion. So um, the thing to keep an eye on here will be teams that actually are suitors. With the weird league year coming up uh, and a little bit of the, I would say, the, the, the daily growth of concern over whether we will actually have a football season, it makes teams a little bit hesitant to give up future assets and give away future money when they don't necessarily know what the league year will hold for them after this year, you know, you got to look at what they're going to lose revenue wise without fans in the stands, or if it comes to the point that they don't even play a league year at all, which is possible. Um, Dr. Fauci and, and many others have warned that it might not be possible. Even JC Treader, obviously the Browns center, but the, the, the head of the NFL players association has said that this is a disease that is meant to be, you know, through football, carried person to person. And football is the worst sport for it. While baseball might be considered the ultimate social distancing and basketball might be in the middle, it is, uh, you know, with, with football, it is constant contact on every play. So um, it is it is meant to be carried person to person through this sport. It is just growing in concern. I'm not sure. Maybe they plug through it. Maybe they sign off and say we're okay risking whatever for this situation. But it is it is looking less and less locked in than it was a month or so ago, maybe, um, due to the recent spike across the country and more and more people are testing positive and more and more people of uh, notable names, such as Charlie Blackman, the Rockies outfielder, among you know many other athletes who are testing positive and some golfers lately. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not the age demographic. It might not kill you, but they're looking at some of the long-term effects on lungs and things of that nature, and it gets a little bit scary. So um, some some questions are going to keep being raised, but back to the Adams discussion and where that ties in. There are rumors of a 2021 uncapped season, 
It's just it's just going to be very weird. And whether we get a college football season or not, teams might be a little hesitant to give up picks for him and then also have to ink him to the long-term contract that he really wants. So Adam put out a list of teams. Uh, Adam's put out a list of teams that he is interested in, in being traded to. Uh, or or willing with air quotes and and uh, I guess ultimately it's important to know that that doesn't matter. He could be traded. Whoever gives the Jets the best offer is where he'll be traded. He has no leverage over the situation. If the Jets get a great deal from the Browns, they're going to take that deal without thinking twice about it. So the team that trades for him has to be willing to separate themselves from draft capital first and foremost. And then also look at the fact that they'll have to ink him to a big deal. Like the, the top three paid safeties in the NFL, there are three safeties sitting above $14 million. Landon Collins of the Redskins, uh, Tyre Matthew of the Chiefs, Kevin Byard of the Titans, and Eddie Jackson of the Bears. Eddie Jackson tops out at 14 6 So you're looking at Jamal Adams winning more than that in the $15, $16, 17000000 million range. And uh, you have to question whether he's worth it, right? Um, you have to think... Uh, hard about uh, you know giving a player in the back half of a secondary a safety role that type of money can they impact the game the same way maybe they pay defensive ends like Khalil Mack making 23 million a year it's it's a frame of mind shift you need to if you're going to be able to pay that guy or willing to pay that guy that kind of money it is ultimately going to boil down to can he do many things and can he do them well and is he worth the money at that point right like Jamal Adams is still very young he will play this year at 25. He can he can fill multiple roles. He can play the deep half safety. He can play the deep middle safety. Um, you know, as sort of that center fielder. He can come up and play the run. He can be a force player. He is one of only two players right in the NFL. So the uh, the league has in its recent history only two players that have these numbers. And I think it's important to um, consider sort of the the craziness that is. Both of these guys being on this list, uh, to be honest, because it, it covers different aspects of their game that you probably wouldn't expect. So he's tied with J.J. Watt as the only person to do these things, right? Um, you know, there's only NFL players. These are the only guys ever with 200 tackles, 10 sacks, and 25 pass breakups within their first three seasons. So obviously that's crazy for J.J. Watt having 25 pass breakups. They don't call him J.J. Swat for nothing when he was in his prime. Um, we'll see if he ever gets back to that. But what's crazy for Adams is his productivity as a pass rusher with 10 sacks in his first three seasons. Some defensive ends who get drafted high don't get 10 sacks in their first three seasons. So that tells you the impact he has around the line of scrimmage, getting after the quarterback when they've assigned him to get after the quarterback in blitz situations. Again, playing the run, filling a gap, an interior gap, but also playing man-to-man coverage too. I think that's what you have to understand is he's he's been extremely successful as a coverage guy. After, outside of his rookie year, this is according to Pro Football Focus, he allowed six touchdowns his rookie year, struggled a little bit. If you recall, the Browns played the Jets at home with that Sean Kaiser team in 2017. Uh, there was a touchdown to David Njoku, that one-handed touchdown that was against Adams. Struggled a little bit, but then he broke up 10 passes and intercepted two more over the past two years. He's only allowed 44 completions over the last two years, his second and third seasons. Receivers catching passes against him in 2019 gained just four and a half yards per target, and Adams' 0.31 yards per coverage snap is the top fourth of the league at his position, which is pretty impressive. Um, so his prowess as a coverage player is not only cemented by, um, you know, is another stratosphere as a pass rusher over the last two years, generating 47 pressures as a safety and recording a 16.1 pass rush productivity, the ranked third at the position and among safeties 
who rushed more than 35 times. That's a guy who can do multiple things, right? He comes off the ball is pretty valuable. Um, he's had ability as a blitzer, which is kind of crazy. He has the second highest overall grade, um, and, and it's pretty close between Anthony Harris and Jamal Adams, but he's played nearly 600 more snaps, 91.6 for Anthony Harris and 91.0 for Adams. So um, there's also pretty good evidence that his war increases uh, based on when he's on the field, it elevates those around him. So after three seasons, um, you know, former the, the, the Falcons, former nickelback Brian Poole generated a 0.47 more, and that was across 2,605 total snaps for the Falcons. He comes to the Jets, he generates a 0.47 more across just 750 snaps. Marcus May drafted 39th, who I mentioned earlier that Adams referenced uh, regret for leaving. Uh, has improved steadily in each of his last three seasons next to Adams, earning a .08 war, .13 war, and then a .44 respectively. And then the fact that the Jets were able to field a top-10 defense with a secondary that had Tremaine Johnson, who was absolutely terrible, terrible free agent signing, and uh, Adams was able to elevate those around him. So if you're looking for data that shows players around Adams were elevated, it's right there in front of your face. Now, how does he fit with the Browns if the Browns were to go after him? Personally, I'm going after him. I think he's a difference maker. You need young safety players in the future to play multiple defensive back looks in the modern NFL and uh, a guy who can do, you know, he's not a one-trick pony, doesn't have one area that he excels at. He excels at all of them, and that's what you want with Adams. You know, the Browns have, a, I would say the Browns have two young safeties worth looking at developing. They have, obviously, Grant Delpit, and then they have young uh, Sheldrick Redwine, who they took in the draft before, and Redwine had a few moments, but you don't really know what you're getting there. They've obviously went out and signed a couple veterans um, that I think can be okay. Carl Joseph battles injuries for the most part, and then um, Anderson Dejo is just a sort of uh, piece that can fit the puzzle in various spots. But you you don't you're not going to take away snaps from Delpit or. Redwine's development by having Jamal Adams. You play multiple safeties. You play six defensive backs, five, six defensive backs in the modern NFL against teams that are throwing. Or when you're playing the Baltimore Ravens twice a year, you're going to play multiple defensive backs uh, to be able to stop Lamar and be able to keep different looks that, that put pressure on him from a wide variety of locations. And you're able to balance out numbers in their option game, all of that stuff. You need defensive backs in the NFL and you need safeties who can do different things among variety of locations and I think that's what's important to understand you're not taking away you could actually be forming a fantastic LSU connection between Delpit and and uh and Adams here and I think that's what's interesting about the Browns that whole LSU connection that is really um you know should be a sort of home-like feel for for Adams um if he were to come to Cleveland all the LSU players that are here among many, including Jarvis Odell and Jacob White and uh, obviously Delpit and Greedy. So that would be what's interesting. If I think if he came to Cleveland, that part would be a really interesting sell for him and, and perhaps the Browns pay for him. But look, I, I really don't think the Browns do this sort of thing. There's too much mystery going on. They have too many contracts coming up. But I do think it's worth noting, and I will be on record saying, that you should be going after this player. I think Jamal Adams is that good. I think he's worth that much to your defense, to your team going forward. I would feel comfortable giving that up. Let me know what you think. I wrote about this on the OBR. Leave a comment on there. Uh, let me know what you think about the situation. 
And uh, I think it's an interesting talking point about the future of the Browns' defense and where they go. And hopefully, um, you know, we can have some good banter back and forth. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be back with uh, uh, Brent Sobleski tomorrow. Uh, We'll chat about a wide variety of different things as we typically do. But, uh, again, appreciate you listening. And until we talk tomorrow, go Browns. Thank you.